Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Praise team, that was awesome. It's always a blessing. I was up earlier listening to a rehearse, and I think sometimes we take for granted how blessed we are to have the talented musicians that God has brought here. So today we're going to be looking at Psalm 31. It's in page 635 of the Pew Bibles. If you don't have a Bible with you, um, we encourage you to read along if you can. So today we're going to look at Psalm 31. It was written to the chief musician. It was a Psalm of David. When we think of David in the Bible, we think of greatness. We picture the young boy with a slingshot that defeated the giant. We think of royalty. We think of the king of Israel. We think of the mighty warrior who went on to fight many battles and conquered many. But David did have all those moments of greatness. But he also had moments of despair, moments of distress. And today in the psalm, as we read through, we're going to see one of those times that David was going through. And I want to look at it, and I want to pull from that so that we can see how David dealt with it, how he dealt with these times of distress, so that maybe when we find ourselves in trouble, we may be able to use his example. So let's start Psalm 31. We're going to jump down and start in verse 9. Psalm 31, verse 9. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye wastes away with grief. Yes, my soul and my body. For my life is spent with grief and many years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. I am, a repro- I am a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors. And I am repulsive to my acquaintances. Those who see me outside flee from me. I am forgotten like a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. For I hear the slander of many. Fear is on every side. While they take counsel together against me, they scheme to take away my life. David was going through some pretty big troubles here. He's saying fear is on every side. He had it coming from every angle, his friends, his neighbors, his acquaintances. He had enemies out to get him. They were looking to take away his life. He was going through some Severe stuff. So we're going to look at that today. But, you know, we got to think, we go through these things too. Maybe not to that degree. Distress comes in all different shapes and sizes. We have a member of our family right now going through distress where Rory passed away. I just was speaking with him last Sunday morning. I couldn't believe it. And right now, you know, Denise is having to deal with everything that she's dealing with. She's in that moment. You know, it's, we get overcome. And sometimes, you know, that surprise death can 
really take us over. There's illnesses. We can get knocked with an illness out of nowhere. And how do we deal with that? There are all different trials, loss of a job, loss of finances. Things can just come in and turn our lives upside down. And then we start to struggle. And today we want to look at the scripture and see how we can deal with that, how we can get help in those times. And what we're going to see from the psalm that when David was in these times, that he trusted God. Look at verse 1. He starts out the psalm, In you, O Lord, I put my trust. And then we just read verses 9 through 13. Let's read 13 again for context. And then we're going to go on to 14. For I hear the slander of many. Fear is on every side while they take counsel together against me. They scheme to take away my life. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. See, David had a trust in God. And that's where he went when he found himself in trouble. So we want to look at the different ways that David trusted God. And the first one we're going to look at is that David, um, David trusted his perfection. Look at verse 1. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. David knew right where to go. He went to God. And he says, um, in you, I put my trust. But what he says next is very important. He says that he does this. He's asking him this according to his righteousness. And that's important. We don't want to miss that because that's the basis of David's plea. That's what he's going to God because of God's righteousness. So when we talk of righteousness, what do we mean? And it's difficult because God cannot be defined by the word righteous. Righteous is defined by God. I found um, this definition that I like. God's perfect righteousness. It's his nature, thoughts, feelings, and actions are always right. He himself is the final, absolute, or perfect standard of what's right and just. And that's what David's going with. He's saying, God, I know you're perfect, I know you're righteous, and I want you to deal with this. I want you to deliver me from this problem. And um, in your ways. Because that's the problem we have with the world, is without God, the world does not have a moral absolute. The world does not have any absolute standards. We take God out of the equation, then who's right? Then it turns into a majority rule of what people think is right and wrong. So we need that absolute. So we need to be like David, first off, trusting in God's perfection. So we see that David trusted in God's perfection. Next, in verse 2, we see that he trusted in God's protection. Let's look at verse 2. David says, Bow down your ear to me. 
Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. That first part, bow down your ear to me. Many Bible commentators give the illustration of somebody um, deathly ill in bed and a person leaning their ear to hear them whisper. And I think that's a pretty good picture of what we have here because as we read through and see David's trial and, and what he was going through, he was pretty beat up at that point, I would think. You know, the way it sounds, he had, you know, everything going against him. And, uh, you know, he's, he's at that point where he's saying to God, look, I got no gas in my tank left, God. Deliver me. Help me. Do it speedily, he says. It's like I'm running out of time. And then he goes on to say, be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. David knew that God was his safety. The Bible tells us that God is our firm rock, our foundation. Now, when we run into these times of distress and we run into parts of despair where we just don't know what to do, I mean, when you get caught up in a trial, sometimes your head just goes in every which way and you don't know which way's up, which way's down, who do I talk to, who do I trust? You need an absolute, you need that firm grasp of something. And that's what David's saying here is he's grasping onto the Lord. That's his security, that's his shelter, and that's what we need to do in a storm. If we find something else to help us through, something else to grab onto, we gotta realize that that's not secure. It could just let loose and we're back in a tailspin again. We need to ground to the firm foundation. We need God's protection whenever we find ourselves in that kind of situation. So we see that David trusted in God's perfection. We trusted in his protection and he also needed his direction. He, needed, he trusted in God's path. Let's look at verse three. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. David's saying, look, you are my security. You are my stronghold. You are where I go for protection. And with that, while you're keeping me safe, lead me, guide me, help me through this storm. He knew he needed God's guidance. Lost my spot here, hold on. So when we find ourselves in this part of despair, we need to do the same thing. We need to find his guidance. Again, when things are upside down, when we're going through a trial, the first instinct is to make it stop. How do we make this go away. How do we get through whatever it is we're going through? And we start looking for a way out. And if we try different avenues, we can run out, find ourselves in big trouble. What we need to do is be seeking God's path, like David did, and asking for God's guidance and direction in his safety. So... Let's look at Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord 
with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And that's it. That's in a nutshell. We need to be understanding, looking at his ways, not our ways, and asking for his direction and his guidance. So we see David asked for, he trusted his perfection. He trusted in his protection. He trusted in his path. Next we'll see he trusted in his power. Verse 4. David says, Pull me out of the net which they have laid for me, for you are my strength. This image of a net is as if they were trying to trap a wild animal where they put a net and they kind of hide it in the ground and the unsuspecting animal comes up and they pull it. And David says, um, you know, Lord, pull me out of the net which they secretly laid. David knew he was in trouble. Remember over in verse 13 we saw, for I hear the slander of many, fear is on every side while they take counsel together against me. They scheme to take away my life. David knew that there was traps being set and that they were out to get him and he's asking for God to do it, but he's powerless. He realized that he was without power in this whole situation and he wanted God's power. He says, in your strength, you are my strength. And then what he says next is very important. He says, into your hand, I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. So what we see here is a complete surrender. David knew he was completely powerless in this situation, and he's surrendering to God. And those words are familiar. They should be anyways. We've read those before. Look at um, Luke. Um, what's the reference there? It's 2346. These were the last words Jesus spoke on the cross. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Total surrender. And that total surrender, the only way you can have that is with trust. David then goes on to say, I have hated those who regard useless idols, but I trust in the Lord. In other words, you are the only one I trust in. I don't trust in anything else. So what does this mean for us? How does this help us in these times of distress? Well, the first thing, we need to beware, we need to be vigilant, we need to watch for that net. Because the Bible tells us that the devil is like a roaring lion roaming about, seeking who he may desire, devour. Wow. <laughs> but um, we do have an adversary, and there are traps that we can fall into. We need to be careful. We need to be watching at all times. And if we get caught into one, we need to ask God to pull us out. Um, for work, I am a plasterer by trade. So one of the neat things about plastering is we get to walk on stilts. And uh, so every time we come across somebody that's never seen anybody walk in stilts, it's like the circus just came into their living room. 
and the, uh, the questions start coming out like crazy, you know? It's like, well, how is that? How, how hard is it to learn to walk on them? And, uh, you know, they'll ask a number of questions, and is it safe? And I'm like, you know, really, the truth is, when you're walking on stilts, the chances of you falling in the very beginning are very slim because you're very cautious, you're watching your step. You know, it's after you've been walking on them for a while. And what I always tell the guys is um, what you've got to watch for is make sure the floors are all clean. You can't have any tripping hazards because once you're on stilts, you know, your, your vision is not the same of what's below. And we used to joke around. We had this laborer that would come in years back. And I used to say to the guy, yeah, I'm like, watch out. He's out setting traps for us again. He's trying to trap us like wild beasts. Because um, he would just put things in the way all the time. You'd, you know, you'd come back in the room, and there'd be a hose right in the floor, and you're on stilts. And it's like, you can't have that. So one thing I always explain to the guys, I said, if you ever get caught in something, you need to stop and look, see what you're caught up in, and then ask for help. Because the first instinct, when you get on stilts and you get caught in something, you panic, and then next thing you know, you're down on the floor. So you need to stop, and it's the same thing with us. That's what we need to do. If we get caught in that trap, don't panic. Don't get worried, because if you do, you're apt to trip if you, if you don't seek God first. So we need to seek God when we get caught in those situations to, uh, to pull us out of that net. And then the next we see is we need to fully surrender. We surrender to the Lord. Right there, right? Well, that's, uh, that's sometimes easier said than done. We can say, you know, well, I know that God, you know, I trust that God is perfect. I trust in God's protection. I trust in God's path. I trust in God's power. It says it right here. I've read it. I've read it so much that it's in here. I know it. But is it in here? See, it comes with actions. It comes with trusts. That full surrender is difficult. I think a lot of it is because it's the world we live in. It's hard to trust anything in the world we live in. We live in a world where we're apt to say, you know, I, I trust you to do this, but I'd rather do it myself. Because that's just the way we've been, we've been bred. It's, it's like, what do you, who do you trust? You don't trust the government. You don't trust politicians. You don't trust your mechanic. It's, um, we're just always in this situation of distrust. Don't trust this one. Don't trust that one. And that can